Good morning, Bitcoiners. That's right. You're here at the Ordinal Show. I'm Trevor.BTC, CEO of Ninja Alerts and managing partner at the Bitcoin Frontier Fund. Here to give you some alpha so someday I might be able to write a check in your startup. And I'm here with my co-host, Jan, my man, Yan, with the plant, a builder at Xverse, and the king of NFT, Sparta himself, Leonidas, our in-house NFT history expert and builder of Or.io. And we're here to talk about ordinals, stamps, lightning, Nostra, counterparty, Bitcoin L2s, and sidechains, and all of the things on the leading edge of Bitcoin with some of the smartest people in the space. We host the show Monday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Eastern and Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Eastern to hit all the time zones and spread the good word about this new movement of art, culture, media, trading tools, and new kinds of digital assets being built on Bitcoin L1. Ordinals what? For those of you just tuning in for the first time, ordinals and inscriptions are a new kind of on-chain non-fungible token first created on Bitcoin. And man, as we're seeing with BRC20s, you can do a lot more with ordinals and inscriptions. And so an ordinal is just a piece of a Bitcoin, a Satoshi that's had a file inscribed to it. Literally, the media is uploaded and stored on the Bitcoin blockchain. Ordinals are fractions of Bitcoins and work just like them. They don't require any smart contracts. But more important than this technology is the cultural change we're seeing on Bitcoin. Users and developers are pouring in. Holy cow, what is going on? Innovation is accelerating. And that's what we're here to talk about today. I'm super excited to be here. So I'm glad that you're all here with me. Don't forget to follow the Bitcoin Ordinal Show on Twitter at The Ordinal Show. Subscribe to our Substack newsletter. Link in bio. We post weekly recaps in the newsletter and RSVP links for future shows. So you never miss what's happening on the leading edge of Bitcoin. With that, I'm going to turn it back over to Leonidas to introduce today's show. Awesome. GM, everybody. We're just going to kick this BRC20 discussion off with some stats. I'm going to read some stats here. I think they basically speak for themselves. Anybody, unless you've been living under a rock for the last uh, few days, BRC20 is basically the it's the protocol for doing fungible tokens on Bitcoin, and it uses the ordinal envelope to do that. So people are basically inscribing actions that they want to take with their tokens, right? So it's not quite the same as an ordinal inscription where you're collecting this digital object or this image and using it as your PFP, like I'm seeing some Bitcoin punks and some on-chain monkeys and whatnot down there. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit different than that. We are talking about a meta protocol on top of ordinals. I believe it's CBS Spears, who I see down there, who I maybe it was someone else, but I believe they were referring to the BRC20 phenomenon as being a double meta protocol. Ordinals itself is this make-believe indexer that we all have social consensus around following and that's on top of bitcoin and then on top of ordinals is brc20 and yeah basically here's the stats for brc20 and basically we hit an all-time high of 307,000 ordinal inscriptions yesterday like 99 percent of those were text inscriptions i don't have the exact stat on brc20 but i would imagine 98 99 percent were brc20 we're already past 200,000 inscriptions on the day and we're only like maybe 12 or 13 hours in based on how dune counts so it's gonna be we're in for an interesting ride guys we're in that kind of parabolic price discovery phase from the marketplace side of things we're seeing unistat's market come back online yesterday they're in a testing phase right now in order to use it i believe you have to have 50 unistat points which just means you have to have inscribed or minted 50 brc20 tokens on unistat just in order to prove that you know what you're doing and you're a little bit into the space. And this allows them to hear their onboarding approach for people using their marketplace, which like we know, we discussed it on the show last week, had some bugs and about, I believe, five Bitcoin was stolen. I believe they're reimbursing people for that, but don't do not quote me on that. But they seem to be moving past that. And I don't, to my knowledge, there hasn't been any major trading issues or double spend attacks so far. But yeah, for the last two days, we're looking at over $1.7 million just on BRC20 on Unisat. And today we're already up to $1.5 million. Again, 12 or 13 hours into the day. And the Unisat marketplace is just taking over. I think it's not quite fair to compare fungible token marketplaces to NFT marketplaces. These are ultimately two very different use cases, in my personal opinion. Like, Collecting JPEGs on OpenSea is very different than going to Uniswap and DJing into some Pepe. But that said, these are ordinal inscriptions. It's a very kind of unique situation that we're in. Trevor, I would love to hear how do you think about this? These are inscriptions in that people are inscribing things. 
but they're also not NFTs in my opinion, really. How are you thinking about this? What's your mental model for processing this as someone who's just seen so many of these technologies rise and these protocols rise? Does this thing have staying power? Are we just like doing like crazy DJ and middle bear market type stuff right now? What's going on? I think, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to know, right? I think that's the interesting question to ponder because I think when the technology, the, the spec first came out and people were degening into it, my initial take was that the the ergonomics of the technology were going to be difficult. They're going to be difficult to work with. And I think that challenge always comes in perspective, right? So if there's more demand and more resources, then something becomes easier to work with. And it's never the best technology that wins or the, as a developer, I love for the most ergonomic technology to win. We have, for example, the web is dominated by JavaScript, right? And that's because personally, I'm not a big JavaScript fan. There might be some JavaScript fans in the audience. I might, they might hate what I'm about to say. There are, but there's a lot of things when it comes to factor in a development framework beyond just like how easy it is to use, how simple it is to write code. It can be the functionality that it offers you, or it can be the community and demand that you can tap into, like we're seeing with BRC20. The idea that this leveraged the ORD envelope and they should have made their own envelope, they should have separated or compartmentalized the difference between the ordinal and the inscription to do this. Those are some of the dev parts of me speaking that would have made this like simpler. But on the flip side, they were able to put like a Trojan horse or kind of judo into go with the momentum of ordinals and inscriptions in the community and sort of our desire to see that count hit higher and higher numbers to drive interest and get everyone's awareness going about this at a time when we are clearly in a meme coin, shit coin season right now for traders. If you look at what's happening in Pepe, it's gone, I think, 2x or 3x since last week. After I think I personally thought that it was going to maybe fade out or is a good chance. I thought it was a good meme. I thought that it's a, Pepe was a meme on the caliber of maybe on the caliber of Doge. I think definitely on the caliber of Shiba because Shiba is just literally like a copy of Doge from a meme perspective. And so the challenge is we need a separate indexers for this. We need separate tools for this. And I think Unisat Wallet has been leading the charge on that and really the only one to spearhead it. It's really been, this movement has been picking up huge in China. It's really caught on in China, which we know is like the, the biggest, one of the biggest markets in the world. By number of consumers, of course, the biggest market in the world. And so this can, I think this has caught a lot of us by surprise, including myself, but it has a ton of demand. And then, so it's at that inflection point where I wouldn't say it's a fad. It's def- fungible tokens on Bitcoin are definitely not going to be a fad. This does not appear to me to be like, the probability of being fat is going down every day that this keeps sustaining. And so what needs to happen is there needs to be more of a follow-on from more startups, from more strong technical teams to build out infrastructure for this. And that's going to be the segue, I think, into having real staying power. Will there be some tweaks to the protocol? And then maybe they can optimize the ergonomics of the technology, and then they can segue from here to there. That's all possible. In this space, you have to be prepared for the unprepared, for the unexpected, and I think this has monstrous amounts of, of demand right now, very unexpected. And, and whenever you see a technology that you may think is subpar, but strong demand for it, every day that continues, you need to change your mindset on it. And I'm personally not really big into meme coins. I didn't get any Pepe. I don't have any BRC20s yet since I was at the conference consensus and Bitcoin Plus this weekend. So I didn't able to get into it myself, but I think it's very interesting. And I think it took a while for me to, for it to click in my head in terms of essentially what you're doing at the BRC20s is like you're posting a like piece of paper, right? Like you're inscribing like a piece of paper that says, here's the balance or here's what we're doing the balance. And fundamentally, that's actually also how a blockchain works. Like a blockchain is like a series of like paper records that reconcile each other. And with this new meta or model for building on Bitcoin with smart contracts, implemented as node software as opposed to on-chain logic, this is how it's done. With On Ethereum for ERC-20, you have miners who have the EVM environment, and they're going to filter out incompatible piece of paper before they hit the blockchain, but you still need to index uh, the Ethereum blockchain to reconcile the balances. You still need to go from the first block all the way to the present state in order to count and track and reconcile those balances. And so functionally, the indexing part is exactly the same. The difference in the dependency is that there's more to sift through. And also, I think with the double spend detect, that's more of a, a server issue and issues with the block time and, and, and things like that. 
a proper indexer would be able to easily overcome. I don't think it's not a protocol problem. And so here we are, we're at an interesting point where this has overwhelming demand. The Chinese market is very big onto it. I think that day by day, it's getting unlikelier to be a fad and it'll just depend on which teams want to jump on it and build it out. And also which teams are going to take this beyond the meme coin, shit coin meta, right? We've seen some teams already starting to issue their own tokens related to their applications and things like that. And so if that continues and that it's not just going to be, maybe there will be one meme coin or one shit coin here that, that has staying power. And then it will require like real applications and real value beyond just the value of the memes and people creating communities and joining together. That's what I think about it. I'm not fully decided. It's dumb of me not to be holding any of these. I need to like jump in today. That's my takeaway from this, Trevor. How the heck did we have Domo on this space like 10 times and discuss BRC20 for hours when these literally it was like 100x since then, right? How did we not just play around with this or something? I was definitely kicking myself because, I mean, there's no question like we covered BRC20 really well on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I see we have David up here as well. David, great to have you back on the show. I saw you tweeting about BRC20s. What's your thoughts? What's up, guys? So, yeah, I hadn't really spent any time looking into BRC20s until this weekend. And, dude, it is wild. It is, as I tweeted, ERC20s on meth. I, first off, I'm all about the experimentation and I love the, I don't know, the attitude of hacking something together to make it work. It's very clever how all this was approached. But as I went through the process last night of, I got into a mint and I just, I put a few hundred dollars to work just to see how everything functioned and straight up, it's like a function of these mints. You can just one click create a hundred transactions on the Bitcoin network in one go. And I honestly don't understand even what the value proposition is of, of creating so many transactions. So I'm just looking at this as, holy cow, this is incredibly inefficient in, in terms of how it's uh, being designed now. You would imagine that just market forces will drive it towards a more efficient setup. And I think this could also be a catalyst for driving activity to maybe some layer two solutions as well. But Yeah, I'm personally of the opinion after just the weekend looking at this, like one, that this is going to get way bigger. Like as as long as there's money to be made, demand for this is going to grow. And as far as I can tell, there's still a a lot of, let's just say, speculative opportunity here. And like if you've seen the news of Huobi and OKCoin, they're going to list derivatives of these assets. That's going to be copied and fast followed by all the other exchanges. So then you're talking about funneling a significant amount of liquidity into this market. You can go see how liquid the market is, $2 million of trading volume. You throw up OKCoin and Huobi on here, you're going to balloon this thing. And so while it's already causing congestion on the network now, you know, $2 transaction fees, which is high, but not like by any stretch killer. uh, If this market 10Xs or 100Xs, which I think 100X is extremely plausible when you think Shibu Inu is a, a $6 billion market cap and uh, Dogecoin's an $11 billion market cap. So if this thing 100Xs, you're going to balloon fees on the network. And miners will be happy, but users will start to not be happy. It's going to be interesting to see these incentives all kind of play out and what are the market forces that happen. But I like I would just will say at a high level, the creativity here is pretty exciting. Just looking at like how inefficient the market is on Unisat, where, okay, first off, I'm like loving these partially signed Bitcoin transaction marketplaces. That's something that I've never really seen implemented at a large scale before in Bitcoin. And it's cool to have these fill or kill type offers and marketplaces built. But to see people, there's no market makers. There's no efficiency in like how the market depth builds out. So you have people hitting up on the order book because the size of the order to fill is smaller and they don't have the money to fill a larger, more economical transaction. It's very clear how much inefficiency there is in this. And just knowing how Bitcoin works and the market, the crypto markets work, it's going to attract entrepreneurs who can say, I can do that better. And this is going to mature really quickly. Anyway, it's very entertaining to watch. I think that this is going to become a very controversial topic. There's no question that if the maxis were not happy about JPEGs, they're going to really be not happy about shitcoins on Bitcoin. That said, I do agree. Like the creativity here 
and just basically the spirit of innovation and experimentation on Bitcoin like definitely feels very strong again. We actually have Domo who created this protocol coming up in a few minutes to share. But yeah, look, this is something that we were saying we need fungible tokens. Nobody really thought this is how it would be implemented, to be honest. But Domo put that thread out and inst- I mean, it was instantly just massive demand for fungible tokens. And to be honest, like right now, it is mostly just meme coins. But I'm really excited about fungible, like the quote unquote shit coins. Believe it or not, you can actually use tokens to do like interesting things on the internet. And I'm sure somebody is going to do the low hanging fruit pretty shortly here. And we'll probably have some sort of legitimate, I would guess like within a month, some company will start trying to do USD stablecoin, for example. It just makes way too much sense not to have this low hanging fruit happen. It's just such a large use case. And ultimately, by the, like by the end of this Twitter spaces, somebody's going to be doing that stable coin. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like it just ha- like, how would that not happen? So to me, if you are a developer or an entrepreneur, there is just an explosion of activity on Bitcoin right now. And we're just Trevor kind of coined it Bitcoin Web3. I think that's probably like an appropriate kind of term. It's just all the use cases that aren't the just currency of Bitcoin use case. And that's what this show is about. That's what everybody's excited about. Not to take that away from Trevor, but I I think Dorsey uh, already coined the term <laughs> on Bitcoin. It's Web five. Uh, web six. <laughs> that guys. is true. Uh, web six. I'm tweeting it right now. <laughs> and then I have one question, and then I'll hop off the stage and just listen. But the are there like these limitations on BRC twenty through the front end experience through some of these sites? But are those like how hard coded are those limitations in in terms of there being like let's say four characters i I don't even know what the the brc20 standard calls it but the ticker effectively on this the how much more functionality can be added to brc20 without breaking brc20 that's a great question we can get domo's thoughts as well since he's now on the stage the creator of brc20 actually i'm curious domo what were you doing when you came up with this this idea we're out at a bar drinking with some friends and just hey let's just what if we did this what was the moment of inspiration Sure. Hey, everyone. Yeah, so I think a lot of you guys had seen my Dune dashboards. And that was one of the reasons behind it. I've been working on that. And I wanted to make a Dune dashboard that you could create the data yourself and then have it visualized on the front end. So that's basically where it came up with the idea. I actually came up with it in the morning. I released the Twitter thread. So there was no grand ambitions here. And that kind of goes to your point, like, I started with four because it was meant to be a fun Dune dashboard. And then I never thought that squatting would be an issue. Like there's over 400,000 combinations of four. So I thought that would not be uh, a limitation to the standard. Hilariously, like the ticker thing is like by far the most question I get, which is just like ridiculous given how many other intricacies there are with the standard. But people really want to get to the bottom of the ticker thing and yeah i'm open to anything that doesn't break the standard if that makes sense so if it's like a quality of life improvement or like a nice to have like sure that can be implemented in the future but right now my focus is on robustness and just sustainable growth so not trying to do anything too crazy too soon that makes a lot of sense domo i hear this question so many times oh this isn't the most efficient way to do this yada 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 right i'm sure you've heard some of the same stuff But my understanding is like, again, this is a meta layer. It is a social consensus layer. If we come to social consensus that we want to, instead of having a long name for a field in the JSON, have a one character name, like just really basic optimizations, like that's totally plausible in the future. You're just like not worried about it at the moment. We have bigger issues for the moment, basically, correct? Yeah, exactly. As good as it is right now, there's all sorts of improvements that could occur in the future. Yeah, and some of the criticisms are valid, right? But yeah, again, I came up with this in an afternoon. Like, it, there's always going to be room for improvement. And I didn't have a, a PhD in uh, Bitcoin developing before this either. So yeah, there's many directions that this can go. Um, I will say one thing, like, there's been a lot of criticism, but there hasn't been a whole lot of solutions provided to me. There's been some interesting ones from uh, members that you've had on stage before, like Cypher and Post Capone, et cetera, et cetera. And I think a lot of their, what they've said is valid and, and could be implemented in the future. But again, there is a lot of criticism without a lot of solutions. I'm all ears if anyone has anything to add to it. Yeah, I could not agree more, Domo. This is something where lots of people are running their mouth on Twitter, but for two months now, nobody's built a competing standard. Y- you did an awesome job 
just basically thinking through a practical way that this could be implemented. And you've really moved the space forward. We're going to probably hit like some crazy number of inscriptions today. So I just want to say thank you for that. Bob, you have been very patient waiting here. What are your thoughts on BRC20? Yeah, I just wanted to chime in really quickly. Thanks for having me up. Super happy to be here. So one of the problems with BRC20 being, I'll call it like a meta protocol, is that you are beholden to the underlying meta protocol. So what this means is right now, you know how we had those phantom missing inscriptions? If the ORD team decided to re-index and there were BRC20 inscriptions in that re-index, then that could offset and cause a hard fork in all BRC20 balances that were impacted from that original point. And so there is some technical risk with building on top of an existing protocol where if something like that happened, you would almost have to hard fork the ORD indexer because you couldn't just rug all of the BRC20 transactions that came after that re-index portion. And so there are some technical risks here where we could essentially have two different ORD indexers now in the event that something like this would happen or if some other change happens to ORD like now you're built on not just how decentralized is the ORD indexer, like how many ORD indexers do you have running, but you're also dependent on how many BRC20 indexers you have. So there are some technical risks here in the way that it's built beyond just not the most efficient. One of the interesting recommendations that came up at the Bitcoin developer event was the potential to use CBOR, which is a concise binary object representation of JSON. So it's like a binary data. It's like a DSL. It's like a domain-specific language for JSON that takes up a much smaller footprint on the blockchain itself. Four megabyte inscriptions are efficient. They're an efficient use of the block space, especially when you actually fill the four megabyte with valuable data. The high-fidelity reflective surface on my bold head. If you use the four megabyte thoughtfully, then of course it's efficient. There's nothing more efficient than it. But like the question is, I guess there's this one serious though stark difference between like art JPEG inscriptions and the BRC20 inscriptions. They're just different in the sense of how they're using space. With inscriptions of JPEGs, you use them, you, you use every byte in order to represent actual visual data. Of course, I guess there's efficient and inefficient ways to do that too. But assuming that you do that efficiently, assuming that you compress the image efficiently and so on, then everything else that happens, that, that, that transacting them is really done in the most efficient way possible. And BRC20, look, there's no argument. There's definitely ways to do it in more technically efficient ways. I think there's, there isn't an argument about that. It's definitely possible. I'm just, the thing that I'm not sure about is that it, it matters, right? Yeah, sure. There's probably other ways to do this more efficiently, but at the end of the day, it's going to be what people choose to use. And if they choose to use this one for whatever reason, then, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think Jan and then Zeth and then David. Yeah, I actually want to go to David first because he wanted to comment on the BRC20. So David, do you want to jump in? Because I have one thing that I want to discuss with Zeth actually, which is in regards to the Chinese community that I've been observing. David, take it away first. Cool. Thanks. First off, Domo, massive respect for building stuff and critics. People, it's easy to be a critic. It's hard to, to be a creator. I think your challenge with efficiency is going to come down to something like ERC-20 is going to have, BRC-20 is going to have massive demand. And efficiency, how many people are going to try to do four megabyte blocks? Uh, I don't know. But how many people are going to try to deploy an asset on BRC-20 and use it? Shit, we already know how big that market can be. My question really for you was just like the... You mentioned, okay, things that could break the standard. What are those parameters that could break it and those that wouldn't? Yeah, I, maybe I should change my words a little bit there. But yeah, first of all, thanks for the support there. And then second of all, when I said break, I just meant really disrupt the, the balance states or in kind of an integral change to how the, the balances are calculated. That's what I meant by break. What improvements that don't affect this, for instance, in the future, if you wanted to attach a logo to your BRC20, you could do so with some additional functionality. That's like something that's like a nice to have, right? That's that cool. Not dude. Break the balance we need state. to do that. Yeah, we need to do that, Domo. 
there's a number of other things that could add. So, for instance, instead of just having an ugly JSON on the marketplace or in the, the indexers could pick this up and it would be the logo or a series of logos, right? There's a bunch of interesting stuff that can be done that doesn't necessarily affect the way that the balances are corrected or are calculated. And that's why I'm trying to focus on the moment because really, like as soon as you start adding these additional functionalities, edge cases appear. And that's why I want to try and avoid for the time being, not to say that I'm not open to it in the future. Domo, technically, couldn't you expand the standard without adding any additional like functionality, but just allow it to be put in the envelope as well? You could work with the existing BRC20 indexers and just determine a block height where this envelope would go live, and then you could use either one. And as you work with the other existing implementers, like you could get the whole market flipped over to the envelope and nobody would even know except that they would stop showing up on explorers. But all the functionality would be the same because all the BRC20 implementations would have already implemented the new envelope standard. So couldn't there be like a seamless transition here to an, uh, a BRC20 envelope? Yeah, it's something I've considered as a possibility in the future. I think there was a, a misconception because I didn't adopt it day one. I didn't want to adopt it ever, right? So these things take time and I, I'm not the most technical, so I need support there. But yeah, it's something I'd be open to in the future. Awesome. I want to jump in, guys. I'm glad that we have Zeth here because he's at the forefront of the Chinese community. I just want to mention a couple of points here. Definitely, there's a lot of demand here. And what I've seen in some of these alpha groups or some of these communities that I'm part of, the conversation within basically 10 days or maybe two weeks went from discussing JPEGs to basically now fully 100% just discussing BRC20 tokens. And people are just going crazy. And so that's definitely driving the demand. And uh, obviously, I have experience from Asia most of my time. And so I cannot really compare it to the DGENs in the United States, let's say. But I can tell that DGENs in Asia and especially China, I think they're like 10x crazier. And I can give you an example. You probably know Stepan that played to earn or that moved to earn game. When that thing was basically getting started, there were people in China buying 10 iPhones to game that game, right? And basically walking around with 10 iPhones at the same time. And so I see the same dynamics here that like people basically going crazy after these BRC20s. And so obviously that's driving the demand and that kind of hype. And uh, Zeth, please comment on that, what you're seeing on the ground. And let's discuss this because I think it's interesting. And obviously people also be aware because with Stepan, it was the same thing. It was booming for a couple months and that it crashed completely, even though the game is still around. And I think they're doing fairly well. But obviously, the people that went into that ecosystem, let's say with three months delay, they probably didn't make a lot of money compared to those that were there early. Just be aware. Hey, guys. Yes, I literally just came off a Twitter space with 1,300 people, a Chinese Twitter space on guess what topic? BRC fucking 20. Yeah, that's like the biggest Twitter space I have seen. Probably, I don't want to say ever, but like one of the biggest Twitter space ever and definitely the biggest since this bear market. So that gives you an idea of how heated things are. BRC 20 and it's BRC 20. It's not ordinals. It's BRC 20. The token has a much greater attraction and a lower barrier to entry as a meme coin than this these PFP projects or early ordinals. We have seen that as the market has responded, and it's definitely onboarding more people than PFP projects or other forms of image projects, image-based projects of arts or whatever on ordinals. And it's taking place really rapidly in China. If you go to Google search trends and you look up the term BRC20, you will see that mo most of the search traffic is coming from China. And the token that is really taken off is Ordi, the first token that's inscribed and that has a current market cap. Oh, man, I don't even know. 80 million yesterday. I have to check it today, though. Yeah, it's definitely gone up. So one Ordi is like $4 now and it's 88 million uh, market cap. The combined market cap of all BRC20 tokens right now is $1.5 billion. So that's definitely greater than all the ordinals combined. 
Probably. Yeah, it's so heated right now. And it's a lot of FOMO. It's a lot of communities and different KLLs, so key opinion leaders, or what you call influencers in the West, are pushing BRC20 tokens. I have like people from all walks of the crypto space, Web3 space, talking about BRC20. It's like my dad sent something to me about like Bitcoin and BRC20. It's insane. So that's the situation right now. It's mostly memes. So the top ranked by market cap are Pepe, Meme, Sheeb, Wizard. So that's my alpha for now. Leo, is it 1.5 billion or is it 150 million? Because I know you tweeted about it. Yeah, look, things get really weird with market caps on like low cap coins. Because like right now, if you're just doing a pure calculation, it probably is 1.5 billion because I can deploy a token right now, buy one for myself for $1, and all of a sudden it has like a $100 million market cap. Does that reflect accurately like how you would put this up against, for example, more mature ecosystem on Ethereum? I would probably say not. To be honest, if I'm guessing like actual like value, it's probably more like 300 million or something like that. Just because there's, it's, it's going to tear down from like the top coin. And if we know the top coin's 88 million, I'm guessing everything else is just tearing down 30 million, 20 million, uh, 10 million. So it probably adds up to something like 300 million. Um, but yeah, look, it's still, that's a lot of money still considering you, you have to contextualize this as 55 days ago, Domo sent out a DGen tweet thread at 10 p.m. at night um, describing this idea. And then people just started inscribing random tokens. So when you put it in that context, 300 million is like a work of, it's like a miracle that we're here to be completely honest. I definitely faded BRC20 Domo and I'm feeling the pain on that one right now, like I'm sure a lot of people are. But I'm just super happy that what these things do is when you have a big success like this and lots of people making money, you're basically saying, hey, you can do something on Bitcoin that's successful. You can come be an entrepreneur on Bitcoin. Domo literally created, like, there's so much low-hanging fruit that Domo created a Twitter thread that became a $300 million idea in 55 days, okay? That is like a bat signal to every developer and entrepreneur in this space to come to Bitcoin and start building. And my very conservative guesstimate would be there's 100 software engineers working full-time in ordinals bitcoin web3 related stuff right now and again i've said this on every show nearly user experience is the end-all be-all and if and like basically developers are the bottleneck for that vitalik understood this this is a major reason why ethereum is where it's at today it no longer became cool to build on bitcoin the maxis not only were agnostic but they actually discouraged it and we've basically had this like winter of five years of stagnation and there's just been a few cool kids like Trevor and Udi hanging around building stuff. But to be honest, way less than it should be. It's it's very disappointing that situation happened. And you end up with tens of thousands of developers on Ethereum just like building building the future. And that was my thought until three months ago was Web3 is the future. And Ethereum with their developer kind of superiority and all just this incredible stuff going on. They're going to really give Bitcoin a run for their money long term. And this really has changed my mind on if we can successfully get a thousand developers in here building, that's a spark that's going to last for many years. You're going to see lots of incredible companies and protocols get built. And we're just on the ground floor of this right now. Really and truly, it's still so degen and so just go use any of this stuff. Like it's much better than it was, but. It's still extremely degen at the moment, and we desperately need developers and entrepreneurs to come in here and just build really awesome products, and that's going to take this to the next level. And it's not ridiculous, in my opinion, to say that there's a $100 billion market cap for Web3 products on Bitcoin when the market cap of Bitcoin is half a trillion dollars. That's not absurd at all. It's very much a matter of, are we going to build that or not? And it's truly up to us, because we can end up like counterparty And there's one developer working on it nine years later. Like that is also in the books. And it's up to us to leverage this moment. And really, Domo is like the superhero. He's the experimenter. We need to have a culture where that is celebrated. And it's not going to be perfect. Okay. But what's definitely not ideal is pretending like we have the entire world figured out. And we don't need to innovate anymore because everything was perfect from day one. That is definitely not the path for a successful 
onboarding 8 billion people to Bitcoin. Awesome. Let's go to Big God. Thank you so much. I, I think that one of the, the most interesting things that I think is going to happen is, is you're going to have a lot of these really talented builders that have been building on a number of different chains for years or even more recently that have never found any sort of product market fit, never had any traction, et cetera, et cetera. And they're looking for a way to survive. And they're incredible builders. And I think that they have incredible tech, technical expertise, marketers, whatever the hell it is. But I think that what's going to happen here is many of these people that have been building on so many different layer ones are going to come back to Bitcoin and it's going to be the most hyper competitive sort of ecosystem I think we've ever seen before. And ultimately, hyper competition or, or any sort of competitive market for products only benefits the consumer. And so I think that, that we're going to see hyper competition here with some of the best builders in the world. And I think it's, it's going to be incredible to see what that means for decentralization, liquidity, and creativity, and so much more. So I'm incredibly excited. Is anybody up here like a super avid like BRC20? Like, Zeth, I assume you're actually trading these actively. What are you seeing from like the trading kind of investment side of things? Yeah, so liquidity is still an issue. Uniset is the uh, first DEX that came out supporting BRC20 trading. Otherwise, it's done OTC. So you have to have a escrow middleman. And among these escrows, there's a lot of scams. So we actually have a very good friend of ours who wanted to buy our token from Ors Games, the OG token. And he got scammed within 10 minutes of saying that he wants to buy. Uh, so the scammer pulled him into a chat group, pretended to be our mod, and said that he was going to be the escrow and asked him to wire the money first. And he got scammed instantly. So that's a very sad story. And, and that's happening every day. I think the, the, the guy who got scammed the most is almost close to $100,000. Some ridiculous amount like that. Guys, be very careful when you're trading. And much more recommended that you use a exchange of sorts. Unisat is the only one I know of that trades. When they opened trading, I think a week ago, their website went down from a hacker's attack from running transactions. So they closed down to fix that and to basically whitelist addresses that can trade. So you can only trade on Unisat if you hold their OG pass or if you have over 50 Unisat points, which is if you inscribe 50 times, you get 50 points. So only for people who actually use their product. So that has limited the number of people to be trustworthy and actually people that use ordinals and buy and sell them on a regular basis. So that's the situation for trading right now. In the very upcoming future, I know, Leo, you posted that Huobi is going to support BRC20 trading. I don't know if you guys know that Huobi is not the Huobi it used to be. It's not the most trusted exchange there is. And because Justin Sun acquired it and a lot of people have issues with him and what he represents and the value that, that he embodies and the way that he does runs Huobi after it was purchased. But anyhow, they are going to support BRC20. We're speculating and maybe futures and not spots because this is actually why I came on today. I wanted to ask Domo a question on can exchanges actually support settlement of BRC20 tokens because that's what's necessary in order for trading to happen, right? So I'm assuming it's futures and not spots because it's going to take time to develop that. But that time frame hasn't happened. Exchanges are only started to talk about BRC20 like a week ago, maybe less, and they're not going to be able to launch in two weeks' time some trading that supports a completely new standard, and it's going to take a lot longer. So my question is, from a developer perspective, when is the foreseeable timeline that a reputable exchange will be able to actually allow spot trading for BRC20 tokens? Because that will be like the biggest event for this entire BRC20 space. Back to Leo's point, the people, there's a lot of market cap right now, and Yes, there's no liquidity. The holder addresses for Ordi is like 3,000 something addresses. That's nothing for tokens. For my token, uh, OG token, there's like 300. And we're like the second highest valued BRC20 token right now. But there's no volume. We want to see liquidity and we want to see like where this can happen on a centralized exchange level. Thank you. Yeah, time-wise, I can't really speculate, but your estimating is correct. Like the, it will take time to build out these send and receive functions. So I would imagine it's some sort of paper BRC that's traded to, to start off with, but that's only speculation. 
I want to say two things. First one is that for those people who are listening in, please do not FOMO too aggressively into this. This is in a very high uh, risk state right now. I'm going to FOMO into it. I'm going to FOMO into a few things, but I'm also going to be extremely cautious in picking out how I'm going to allocate what I'm going to buy. And I would say don't do OTC either. As we mentioned, it's very easy to get scammed by OTC. Be very careful about how you FOMO into this. Would hate to see anybody get rugged. Whenever you're going into something that is very hot and very like bleeding edge like this, the potential to get scammed or rugged or overinvest in something that goes to zero is as a very high probability. So be very careful. There's a lot of reward whenever there's risk. Just make sure you de-risk and take calculated plays if you're going to fumble into this today. And the second thing I want to ask is for Zeth, I'm getting some questions on the the market cap. If you look at like BRC-20.io, it looks like the market cap is 129, 124 million. Where did you get the, the billion dollar number? This question. Yeah, I actually posted in the comments. So there's a website called orgspace.org. So brc-20.io posts data from Open Ordex and Ordinos wallets that they pull data from those exchanges in terms of pricing for these tokens. Orgspace posts data from Unisat, which I believe has much higher trading volume than Open Ordex and Ordinals Wallet combined. Correct. Yeah, BRC-20.io, it's a cool site, but it's, I looked at it as well. The data is just completely, it's not accurate. You, you can get a gauge for like maybe what's trending and popular, but all the floor prices are incorrect. And it, I, I would definitely not be trading off that information. Definitely either look directly at this, like what's happening on Unisat or yeah, Ordspace is great. Yeah, Biz. Yeah, that was my question for Domo around around the trading data. I did a back-of-the-envelope calculation just based on Unisat. I've joined in right after he posted, I think around March 8th, shortly after that, and just dived into the BRC20 and got in with Unisat's Discord, followed that, and mainly just played the look. But I see there's, from a ticker, just looking at their pages listed, looks like there's 1,449 Mint or that have been minted out. There's if you take the calculation, I think probably 500 of those are legitimate. So, is there any tools or Dune analytics or things that can we can determine just you know, truly a shit coin with no backing versus stuff that have volume other than these other exchanges? The underlying data and the trends there that Dune analytics and other tools can utilize. And then one last question is someone was trying to sell a fractional punk the other day, pup token, and so they were having trouble with the fraction. So I don't know if anybody's faced that same issue now that we're getting larger volume and the pricing going up where fractional will become a factor soon. For analytics, I, I don't know if for that specific use case is something that's easy to build. In the next little bit, I'll have some time and maybe I'll build a, a BRC20 focused dashboard. Dune is still a little limited because at least the only way I found to do it so far, I can only track the moment it's inscribed and, and it struggles with tracking things like transfers of the actual sale itself. You can see that a sale occurred on Unisat, but you can't necessarily see which sat was sold and which inscription was sold. So that that's something I'm working to figure out a solution to. It may or may not be possible. Second question yeah, like fra- fractions should be possible. I think in Unisat's index or, or their site, they implemented without as it stands. That's a question for Unisat rather than myself. So on the ordspace.org, I'm adding up the numbers in the market cap column. I'm not getting to the like the 1.5 billion number. I'm curious how they got, because they have them, the BRC20 market cap is 1.5, almost 1.6 billion. But then if you add up the market caps in the table, you still get around like 120 million. Do you have any insight into that? Do you know the team that's working on it? Or I was just doing that too, Trevor. I was adding it up and couldn't make it work. I do know the team. I'm going to ask and get back to you guys. I'll probably uh, send a tweet about it. I, I don't know why that there's a gap. Awesome. CB Spears, what's up? What are your kind of thoughts largely on all this? I know you've been, I've definitely seen you tweet a few things, I feel like. Yeah, it's funny because it was about a month and a half ago that I wrote a little primer article for the Ordinal Hub blog on this. And I thought that might have been the end of the narrative. Clearly wasn't. I spent the past week at Consensus and uh, BTC Plus with a lot of the folks up here. Great conferences. And it's funny because I was talking to a lot of, I'm having like meetings with other Bitcoin miners, a lot of whom are Chinese. 
and I'm talking with them about, have you heard about this ordinals thing? And they're not terribly familiar, but they are familiar with BRC20. So I think that's a indicative of the trajectory that this has taken and how this the narrative and conversation hype has moved to North America. I want to make it clear that I am very critical of these tokens. I do not really endorse them. However, I got to shout out Domo because this is I love creative, cool shit and cool new ideas on Bitcoin like this. I want to make clear these are not sustainable and um, probably akin to meme tokens, but use Bitcoin however you please. I was having some really good conversation, I think, with a couple of people, just namely bees in the audience, kind of reflecting on, like, why is this happening right now? Obviously, there's a lot of narrative confluence, but I actually really like how Domo in the BRC20 documentation points to very clearly saying there are things that are being built on Bitcoin like Tarot, which uh, he and I also believe are much better examples of putting types of token or assets on Bitcoin in a much better scalable way. But I think one of the kind of one byte sized comments, BRC20 and other meme coins like this are a bit of it lights a fire under the ass of other people building what I think are much better protocols because we clearly see there's a user demand for it. And I just want to point people to what I think are things that are coming down the pipeline and just say, use, trade, buy at your own risk. Domo himself says that these are very risky. And But in the meantime, it's Bitcoin. Have fun. It's the low in the bear market. We're searching for, for fun stuff to do. Yeah, that's my, those are my takes. So that people understand, could you describe Tarot a little bit more? And like, when is that live? Is Like, when can people use that? Is there a date? It's on the Lightning Network, correct? Could you just give a little bit more details? Because I do think it's really interesting to discuss like the various different solutions for this. Yeah, I'm not the best person, but it's a proposed protocol that will allow people to issue digital assets The first near-term example would be like stablecoin equivalents. Stablecoins originally on Bitcoin, perhaps coming back to Bitcoin. This is not, I don't believe it's live for people to use right now, but it's in development, hopefully soon. I understand maybe this year. That is a name, T-A-R-O, Tarot. I just want to point people to that. That is just one of many types of interesting scalability solutions that I think are just indicative of where development is going on Bitcoin. What's up, Jack? What's going on, man? What is this BRC20 madness? Oh, man, this is fun. This is just only a few thousand people still using this, right? Look at any of these coins. It's like less than 4,000 holders. But this whole thing is a game of chicken with centralized exchanges, which is you are all in a race to have the most BTC liquidity. And previously, this race was just between not your keys, not your coins, or hey, here's my proof of reserves and park your BTC at the centralized exchanges, right? Because BTC had no use case other than hold it uh, yourself or hold it on an exchange uh, and trade it around. And now BTC has some level of use case in a non-custodial wallet. And so now there is DeFi on chain. So exchanges have always been non-competitive in NFTs. NFTs have always been like, marketing for exchanges, FTX, Binance with Ronaldo and OKX with McLaren, etc. But now BRC20s represent some material level of interesting, funky things that numbers can go up and down trading fungible tokens. And exchanges like Justin's, Poloniex, like others, have to at least pretend that they're going to do something with BRC20s. Otherwise, they're losing the attention economy to these companies like Unisat. And so what's happening is people who have long, you know, shilled like Binance Launchpad projects or whatever, there's like a whole bunch of Chinese groups have a very simple narrative, which is shitcoin on Bitcoin. Uh, and you've never been able to say that. Um, and so you can imagine there are for the last since the ICO days, last five years, build-outs of deep channel networks uh, towards getting retail excited about certain fungible tokens. And basically, these FTs, these BRC20s, are starting to be valued, starting with Ordi, as if it's which one of you 100 centralized exchanges is going to list this. 
we know you need to have BTC deposits. You need BTC liquidity. And I think the ba- I think that the game of chicken is working because obviously, like s- several exchanges, Binance Academy is writing articles. CZ talked about something like BTC NFTs at uh, Hong Kong Web3. And so just like from the market structure perspective, it's a bit like when Discord trading was happening for sub 10K or sub 1K numbers without a marketplace existing. But like you knew, oh, this is the size of Leonidas credit to you. Like this is the size of NFTs on Ethereum. This is a little tiny little dot, orange dot for BTC. We're having this exact same conversation now with this is like ERC20s and this is like BRC20s and almost uh, no matter what valuation, it looks cheap. And I think now, I don't want to say it's fully priced in, but it's more, okay, we'll meet like 20% of the way there, 50% of the way there. And now it's just a bet of, does it actually make centralized exchanges or does not? But at those numbers, even a few trades going through every day on, on Unisat represents, I think if you look at the candle on Dune Marketplace, Unisat is now that they've added to the tracker, by far the largest uh, marketplace. Awesome. And, and Jack, at WordSwap, y'all have turned into like an OTC trading desk type situation in your Discord. Can you just comment on what you're seeing from that perspective? Yeah, I would love to have made the first marketplace here too, but congrats to Unisat. Know those guys very well. Happy for them. We have a 5% fee-based escrow system. Started out as just like a way to award some of the guys who, and girls who are doing like customer service for tickets generally or collections artists on Discord. And now they're handling sort of an escrow for some of the major coins in BRC20. The basic flow process works like you and somebody match somewhere in the world, whether it's on Twitter or whether it's on willing to buy, willing to sell forms. You come to our OTC desk with a trade ready saying that, hey, me and this person are, have a trade at this valuation for this amount. And what happened is we have user A send BTC first. And then once we confirm receipt of the escrow, the other party sends the 20s directly to the other account party. We'll be able to see whether that's done or not. And then we'll release BTC minus a 5% fee over to the seller of the BRC20. So that's the process of the thing. I think you're asking for more color. I haven't observed this as much myself, but I think we had 1,600 requests for escrow. I don't know how many of those went through, but we've had some significant size trades. Just even a couple hours ago, I think some orties went through at $4.90 for a few thousand orties. And the price typically has been a little bit lower in our OTC environment it's been ranging between three dollars and four dollars something i don't know if it's wash trading going on at ordinal's wallet or whatnot not for the company but i'm just for people trying to get a sticker shock but there's been some trades going on there as well at five six dollars the last couple days but activity has been in traffic i think we've done maybe half a million dollars in the last yeah wow that's incredible congrats to you guys i know there's really like people are asking like how do i buy brc20 and you guys are one of the kind of providers out there that, like, if you use an escrow, it's, like, just drastically safer, right? Because you guys are actually verifying and receiving these assets, which is, yeah, I would definitely not recommend OTC trading without using some sort of escrow, guys, if you're going to be doing the OTC stuff. I mean, I will say I looked through uh, y'all's Discord the other day, and people are just posting, like, blatant scams. Like, it's not a legitimate transfer that they inscribed. And, yeah, you basically have to use some sort of escrow, guys. It's absolutely worth the 5% in my perspective. 